ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. After 13 years locked away, five of them in Belmarsh Prison, WikiLeaks founder and whistleblower Julian Assange will face a court hearing on Tuesday in what's likely his final avenue of appeal against extradition to the United States. Ahead of that hearing this week, the Australian Parliament, including the Prime Minister, passed a motion urging the US and Britain to allow Julian Assange to return to Australia. The UN Special Rapporteur on Torture has also weighed in this week, adding its voice to calls on the UN government to halt imminent extradition. Julian Assange is wanted in the US for violating the the Espionage Act. He faces 18 charges related to the WikiLeaks release of tens of thousands of classified military and diplomatic documents relating to the Iraq war. If found guilty... In the United States court, he could face up to 175 years in prison. I'm joined now by Stella Assange. She's a lawyer, but she's also the wife of Julian Assange and the mother of his two children. Stella, welcome to Sunday Extra. Uh, Good day, Fran. First of all, let's go to what happened in the Australian Parliament this week. Two-thirds of the Parliament, two-thirds of our MPs voted for the US and the UK to allow your husband, Julian Assange, to return to Australia. Does that bring you hope? I hope it's a game changer. Uh, it is very encouraging to see such um, such a majority, and I I've heard from um, other uh, liberal MPs that are a lot of there's a lot of support for Julian, even though they didn't agree on the wording necessarily of this resolution. Um, that actually it's an even greater majority that supports Julian inside the Australian Parliament. And this has been reported actually very positively in the BBC and even the Washington Post, which ran stories. Um, I think everyone's impressed by uh, this show of support. The Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, was one of those votes in the Parliament this week. Does that make a difference, do you think? And is that enough for the Prime Minister to be doing? Well, it sends a clear message that there is um, that he has a mandate um, and that he's prepared to defend that mandate publicly. Uh, there's a question about uh, how much he is willing to defend it privately as well uh, in his dealings with his counterparts. Uh, the Australian Prime Minister's role, of course, is critical because what is needed is a political solution mm. to a political case. So the Prime Minister is on the record as saying enough is enough when it comes to this. We know our Attorney-General, Mark Dreyfus, raised the Assange case with his US counterpart two weeks ago. Do you have any insight into what level of pressure the Australian government is putting on the United States round about now over this matter? I don't know beyond what is being reported. Um, obviously, this case is extremely controversial inside the United States, not just abroad. Uh, The Obama administration decided not to bring a case against Julian in relation to these publications. Um, The Department of Justice during the Obama administration uh, said that they they wouldn't because uh, there was a New York Times problem, as they put it. It set a precedent that could be used against the rest of the press, and the Obama administration wasn't going to do that. They also said he's a publisher, not a hacker, in their uh, public statements. And of course, they commuted Chelsea Manning's sentence. The only uh, change uh, that occurred was a change of administration. The Trump administration mm. uh, faced the same uh, um, uh, issues, uh, but they were willing to take a case. They had a 
um, antagonistic relationship with the press. And so Julian's case is a precedent-setting case which will um, allow any future administration to um, put journalists on trial for revealing uh, damning information. And of course, uh, we know that there are elections coming up in the United States and the case should never have been brought. The only uh, the only thing that would remotely look like um, justice uh, at this point is if the case were dropped. Anything short of that is uh, a travesty, but of course we're focused on Julian's uh, saving Julian's life, and for me, the top priority is saving his life, um, his freedom, our children having their father uh, with us here at home, and and you know Julian's health recovering from this terrible ordeal. Yeah, let's talk about that, uh, Stella, because of course that's your top priority. I mean, all these years in detention, all those years inside the Ecuadorian embassy, now in Belmarsh prison, his health has deteriorated. How how is he right now? Well, look, um, he's in very harsh conditions. He's in isolation for 21 or 22 hours a day in a single cell that's uh, three by two meters. Um, it, he craves um, contact and information with the outside world. He doesn't have internet. He has a typewriter, which has been a great um, help because he's a writer. You know, he he's a wordsmith and and a thinker. So that has been very positive. Uh, it's only in the last few months. He It took him about three years to get a, a typewriter. His health, of course, has also deteriorated. Um, how could it be um, any other way? Because he he's confined and um, the food, of course, is terrible. And, and that's what, what happens to a human being who is shut in a single cell, um, not to even talk about the mental toll that it has taken on him, and I mean, I'd I'd like to also um, highlight that uh, you know it, it's easier for political prisoners like Julian is, and like Navalny was in Russia, um, to lose their life in prison. It's not safe. It's not safe from a health perspective, and when there's a political complication like there is in this case. Navalny was poisoned, of course, when he was uh, a few years ago, um, and Julian was the subject of a murder plot um, when Mike Pompeo was CIA director under the Trump administration. There were reports about this. Um, the UK courts are aware of these reports, and of course, um, under these circumstances, uh, Julian remains imprisoned, and it is absolutely incomprehensible for anyone who is observing this um, that we find ourselves still in the situation of him being indefinitely detained um, in a politically motivated uh, prosecution. So just finally, tell us about next week. He's back in court again. It's been described as his last shot in the locker. What's at stake in this hearing? Everything's at stake. Julian could be extradited um, within hours, frankly, there is a precedent in the UK where the UK extradited an individual, um, actually three uh, at the same time, uh, Abu Hamza, within 24 hours of the extradition um, decision, basically the final decision. And this is also the point at which Julian is because he, if he loses this round, and statistically it is the most likely outcome, the UK will move to put him on a plane um, 
and Julian's best chance of freedom in the short term, in the medium term, uh, is a political solution. And the stakes are very high, not just for him, but for you, his wife, for his kids. Um, what's your? How would you describe your state right now? Well, I'm just desperate to to stop him from from losing his life. If he's put on a plane, he will not survive it. Uh, he can't face uh, a fair trial in the United States. It's just ludicrous, ludicrous to even um, suggest that he could. Uh, he's being accused of uh, journalistic activities, of, of receiving information from a source and communicating it to the public, um, involving the exposure mm. of war crimes, and he would never be safe. There's been a murder plot by the country that's trying to extradite him, and uh, they are also threatening... Uh, to put him in solitary confinement in very severe conditions if the CIA recommends that, okay. that they do so. Stella Assange, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Fran. Stella Assange is a lawyer and the wife of Julian Assange and he faces that trial next Tuesday in the UK High Court. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.